Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Great. Oh my gosh, so exciting. (laughs) Take a deep breath. There we go. Remember, this is super low key. Oh yeah. Ready for your close up. Don't do a close up. (laughs) Please. This is my bad side, just for the record. Me too. Oh, why did we switch we sides? Switch. This is just where I sit, you know? Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, y'all. It's all about closings. This is episode 32. We're happy to have you here to learn all about closings. (laughs) And it's kind of nice because Katie and I just had a closing together. Yesterday. Yesterday. So we can just talk about the closing process. I know. It's so fresh in our mind. Mm -hmm. Well, it's fresh in our mind with each other. But we have lots of stories, fun facts. Yes. Good reminders. I'm hoping that this episode will work for agents, but also maybe for consumers who are just like, what's going to happen Sure, at this closing? Or maybe what are like the, the tips? Like the buyer or the seller. Yeah, exactly. Both sides. Or the lenders. Either Or way. the title. Whatever all, they... All those people. They're all going to hear our point of view on closing. I know. It's a little nerve wracking. It is. I hope we don't say anything wrong. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. It's here we go. It's not like attorneys are involved or anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no attorneys shall be mentioned on this episode. <laughs> no. By name not. for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this was actually an episode that was requested. It was. And I think it is a pretty smart topic because as we started to make notes on it, we had no trouble. No. <laughs> there's so many things you need to know and about closing. And I feel closing. like, especially like you have closings, you've been doing it a couple of years, they kind of become monotonous and yeah. they lose their excitement. They're right. just another thing to go to. But to the person buying or selling, it's still a big deal to them. And it's scary. They're so nervous. Yes. And we have to remember that even though we do this often, all the time, that it's new to them. Yeah. And I struggle with that sometimes. Yeah. Like I, you get busy. Well, you're, and you're desensitized like, oh, to the I actual. I got to run to this closing and then I got to run out and I got to go to the next thing. And it's yeah. like, no, this is a big deal to the consumer. And if you're not making them feel special that day. Yeah. It should feel special. Yeah. Even um, if it's a sad closing. I know. For but whatever reason. I know. You just have to be fully present wherever they well, are. Well, you just have to be mindful of that too. I just had one last week that was a sad situation and I had to prep the title office like, Mm. hey, she made me emotional. Um, I had to be, I was so glad they did the buyer part before we went in. And when they asked if we wanted to go in, I was like, it's okay if we wait out here. Um, Because I didn't, it's hard when one side of the transaction is sad and the other is for sure not like happy. You know, usually the buyer is happy. I mean, in most cases. So I think it's good to keep that in mind when you're like, 
navigating the process. Mm-hmm. You want to be, and when I told her that I would be there with her, she was so relieved because she thought she was going to have to navigate that closing alone and she was nervous. Wow. And I think buyers feel the same way. Yeah. When my, I've had buyers who are like, oh, you'll be there? And they're so excited. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be there. <laughs> so why don't you tell us who else is going to be there at a closing? Okay. So you have the title attorney or notary okay. that is doing the paperwork. Right. Hopefully, the listing agent and the selling agent. Right. Hopefully. Hopefully. We'll get to that. The buyer and the seller. And hopefully, the mortgage lender. Right. That's nice. Yeah. Sometimes they come. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes I have a parent come. Yes. Parents come. Uh, Sometimes they may have to bring their child. (laughs) Right. I've had kids. I've had babies. Yes. Look, the room is only so big, so don't bring everyone. It's not a big party. It doesn't take that long. They're always surprised that it only takes like 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And it's going to take even less time, and we're going to talk about that later. Um, It doesn't take that long. Now, I've had closings take two to three hours. Well, you know I have closing a little bit of closing anxiety. You do? I do. I don't particularly like <laughs> closing day. Okay. I don't like sitting at the table, okay. small talking with everybody. Okay. Then the seller gets nervous yeah. while we're just all waiting on copies and starts. You're oh, afraid to say the wrong thing. Don't worry about that fan in the guest bedroom. It, it You just have to flick the switch like three times. And then the buyers is like, what? what? And you're like, just be quiet. They get nervous rambling. I know. And then sometimes no one's really chatty and you're just all. Oh, God, that's the worst. Sitting there. Now, you have a take on who should be chatty and when. <laughs> tell, <laughs> us, tell us. Come on. I do not think the title attorney needs to stop. They okay, just agree. need to keep doing the paperwork and explaining what they need to explain. Yes. Because, you know, it's like um, when people are eating and they bring the food up to their mouth and then they put it down and tell a story. <laughs> yes. And then they bring the food up to their mouth and they put it down and say, and they do that like three times. Yes. And you're like, just eat your food. Right. Like when an attorney has the papers and they're in goes, control of the speed oh. of the closing. And I'm like, this just, I don't like them to drag on. There's yeah. no need for it. No. Well, I like an efficient title attorney. I think there is a fine line too. I don't want them to say nothing because I've right. had that too. And then everyone's to just as uncomfortable. Yes. I think I want some amount of, of talking and like making people, you know, to make them feel at ease, you know, let them feel like they can ask questions, but also don't explain every word of every document. I love when they have at least one to two sentences to say per page. I think that's this good. This says you are a U.S. citizen. Please sign here. Yeah. This says you have allowed us to verify your yeah. credit. Please sign here. I'm like, that's perfect because I feel like the buyer understands mm-hmm. without having for us to be there for so long. Do you think that being a good title attorney in the actual actually proceeding over a closing is a skill set? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think in our marketplace and in all marketplaces, you know, title attorneys do wine and dine and that's fine, but make sure whoever you decide that you choose, it's not just because yeah. you like them. Right. It's because they are actually legit good at their job. Right. Because title issues are not that common, but when they happen, you need someone good. You need someone good. I have a story for this. Okay. Well, before you tell it, I agree. I think you want a title attorney you trust. Mm -hmm. I think you want, if you have a chance to go back to the same one repeatedly, if you like their style, they get through the closing efficiently, they make your buyer or seller feel comfortable. Yes. And if you continue to go to the same title attorney, they will be available to you 
pre-closing, pre-listing on things that might cost your client money to go to an outside attorney. Yes. I have had, you know, my favorite title attorney take care of all manner of questions so many for free and talk my clients through difficult such as situations or refer them to a secession lawyer if they need it or tell them if they don't even need that. Mm-hmm. Like you need a title attorney that you can call and ask a question. Mm-hmm. I've had to call and ask plenty of questions. Yeah. So before I started, I, you know, before I ever had my own closing, I went and watched closings with my broker. Like I saw, I would go and sit in, I would be one of the people in the room. So I think that it's good to go see one and that way you can get a feel for different attorneys too. And if you're new, some title companies will do mock closings. They do. That's true. And you can go, there's no clients there. Yeah. They go through the paperwork with you. I like that. explain everything. That's good to have the knowledge. Okay. Tell me your story. So I was selling a friend of mine's home. Okay. She had owned it for a long time before I was in real estate. And so we're going, we're under contract and the title company who had been trying to get my business for a while, but um, th- they were handling the closing. Okay. And I haven't, I haven't really used them much. Okay. And at first they were like gung-ho, really on top of things until there was a problem. Okay. They're back like three owners prior. Uh-huh. Someone did not sign off on an heir. Okay. To this house. Right. And they basically told me that she did not have title insurance when she bought it. And they were treating her like, oh, well, you didn't have title insurance. Like it was so her we're, fault. Like it was her fault. And she goes, I don't even know what title insurance is or why I don't have it. Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. You know? So um, we had to do, it took three weeks oh, wow. of me trying to hunt down an heir. Oh, no way. Because they were just like writing us they off. They were like, oh, well. Yes. Not going to close. So, and, and we were kind of making progress with it. Oh, wow. And so I, I didn't explore other options because I thought, it was something I thought would take a few days. Yeah. And then three weeks later, I went, I don't know what to do. So I met with other title company. Mm-hmm. Who reviewed the file and said, we have a carrier that will insure this. Uh-huh. And they closed it in two days. Oh, my word. But it just let me know, like, that's the thing. When I was new, you don't realize that there could be title complications. Right. And, and you, you think really everyone is created someone. equal. Yeah. And, like, sometimes your title company has to be creative to yeah. make things work. Right. Like, I had a client one time who had a special needs child. Mm-hmm. They fell in love with this house in the Garden District. Okay. And they measured the backyard because it was very small, very small backyard to make sure that this huge trampoline would fit because they use it for her therapy. Okay. Um, well, in the title work, it turns out that oh, the gosh. fence oh, is no. encroaching on the neighbor's property by nine inches. Okay. And the neighbor was not willing to let us close with it like this. So they, they were requiring the fence us to move. Yes. They wanted us to move the whole fence nine, nine inches. inches. And I don't remember exactly what happened, wow. but the title attorney drafted up a bunch of different options. Right. One option was to purchase nine inches by 100 feet. Right. Of, of their property. neighbor's property. Um, and move the fence. Right. Do an addendum that says permission from the seller to leave yeah. every, all the options. But like the, t- the times that there have been title issues, yeah. 
you just need someone good in your court. For sure. You can't just go with who serves the best party. Right. <laughs> right. Or lunch or whatever. Right. Or Exactly. I love a title office that does education. Yes. I mean, that will come and teach and they're, you know, into what is the current, you know, information that needs to be out there. So I think that's important too. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a question. Well, we talked about who was there. Why is it important to be there as an agent? <laughs> this is like graduation day. Right? <laughs> this is the day that everybody has been working towards. Right. And this is the day that it all comes to an end. And I just think it's important for you to be there. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm ready. Uh, okay. So I had a transaction that I'm going to try and make this as brief as I can. Basically, I was the listing agent. Uh, things were seeming to go fine. Um, then the buyer was getting an RD, Rural Development Loan, mm-hmm. and it was a point in time in our market where that was getting delayed a lot. Yes. So you, if you didn't submit it and get in line, it might add an additional 15, 20, 30 days to your closing because wow. the RD was so, the office was so backed up and they had to approve those files. Well, <laughs> my sellers, I learned a lot. I mean, this was not <laughs> the beginning of my career, but I learned a lot from this transaction. My sellers had packed it up. Because we thought we were closing in like within a week. So they had yeah. packed it up. They were still there. Um, they were about to move or like they were in the process of moving. And the house where they were going wasn't going to be ready for two weeks. So they had arranged to stay with a friend, put their stuff in storage. And then all of a sudden, three days before closing, if that, in fact, it wasn't. It was Two days before closing, I asked the agent when they were going to come do the final walkthrough. And she said, oh, well, well, I mean, we're not closing for like, I don't know. It's just, it just went to RD. And let me just guess, because I can't remember, but it was backed up at least 15 days. Okay. So she said, well, it's going to be another two weeks at least. Like, and I, what if you hadn't checked in about the final walkthrough? When was she going to tell well, you? That's what I said. When were you going to tell me that we weren't even closing in two days? So... <clears throat> my poor lady. And I said, hey, by the way, my lady would have loved to stay in her house two extra weeks because her place isn't ready for two weeks. But now she's all packed up and sleeping on a friend's couch. Oh my god! This is bananas. So I'm, of course, upset. And we basically negotiate for the buyer to pay for the storage. Okay. okay. So the two weeks of storage or whatever, like, let's just say it ended up being near 500 bucks to move out and store and whatever. Okay, fine. Buyer will take care of it. This is where I also learned a lesson. There was an extension because the buyer needed an extension. And then there was an addendum because I needed my seller to be made whole for this travesty. Right. So there was an addendum for the $500 and there was an extension. I send them both over to the agent who says they're going to (gasps) sign. They only signed the extension and sent it back. And I, in the midst of so much, didn't even realize or notice that she only sent one back. Oh, wow. She had no intentions of having that buyer. And I... I I don't know what... So you could have said, sign the addendum and then you'll get your extension. Exactly. I only had leverage as long as I needed to sign the extension. And I should have been like... (sighs) And so I learned not to trust people. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, like you have to always be looking out. Right. So we had this yesterday. I'm like, I don't think y'all are lying, but please sign this addendum. addendum, Because I I can't. So I learned. But this this is where we get back to closing. The agent did not come to closing. When it finally happened, not only did she not come to closing, she did not send another agent or her broker. I have never sent a client to a closing without someone from my office. Oh, my God. Someone needs to be there. So she doesn't show up. Well, guess what? 
I see on the settlement statement that our $500 repair allowance isn't on there that's supposed to go to the buyer. Yeah. Well, guess what? You owed me $500 and you tricked me. Right. So I just didn't bring it up. No. It's not on here. It's, it's a benefit to my seller. Yeah. I'm letting it slide. Because they had agreed. They just wouldn't sign. Within an hour of that closing, this agent was blowing up my phone. Well, um, you need to give us the repair allowance. The buyer oh didn't get the gosh. repair allowance. And I was like, well, you weren't at closing. You didn't check the settlement statement. And you said that they were going to pay us the $500 for storage. And they didn't. So it looks like a wash to me. Right. We're breaking even here. Hey, guess what? Yeah. But you know who lost? Well, I mean, the buyer lost because, right. I mean, but really it worked out fine. It was a wash. Yeah. It was a wash. But she was threatening to sue me. Fine. She was, and I mean, I had pages of text. She wouldn't let it. And I was like, this is insane, but it could have all been avoided on her end. If she would have came to court. Because she got me. That addendum wasn't signed. Technically, my seller needed to pay the repair allowance and the, I didn't have anything in writing saying the buyer was going to pay the 500 but... <laughs> That was the agreement. That was the agreement. And they took and advantage. And they said they were going to sign it. But either way, she didn't come to closing. <gasps> so that was my, you must go to closing. Mm -hmm. That's also my, you must get everything in writing. Yes. You just can't trust. Sometimes it's honest mistake. And sometimes people have malicious intent. There are some agents that have the mentality that that's not an income producing activity, like being at closing. Like I think you that's should, it's crazy. So stupid. Like you have to be at, you have to be there for your clients. It's relationship building. It's how you get referrals. Well, right. And you sit there at closing the happiest day for them typically. And they tell you all the wonderful things they're going to do about their house. And they, it is, you're building that relationship mm -hmm. on a very special day for them. There was an agent that had been reaching out to me and was like, I want to do your numbers. I want to meet you and I want to do what you do, blah, blah, blah. Well, then we had a transaction together and I was like, no wonder. Oh, wow. The numbers are not so good over there. You're just spinning your wheels. You're not paying any attention to, to your clients. clients. So mm -mm. he told me, see you at closing. My, he scheduled the final walkthrough through showing time. Right. I asked him to get my lockbox. He uh -huh. said, sure. Well, the buyer showed up to closing and he's not, not there. Them. And I said, hey, is he coming? And they said, well, we don't know. He left the key under the mat for us so that we could do the final walkthrough. He didn't even. He didn't even meet what? them there. Something came up. He said something came up. But you can see the look on their face. They were lost. Lost, confused, mm -mm. Um, disappointed in, in the agent. Yeah. And then um, I texted the agent and was like, hey, I guess you're not coming to closing. Did you <laughs> get my lockbox? Wait, what are you going to do with that? Oh, no. I, I He just went and put the key under the mat. And so I had to go to the house and get the lockbox. It just left a, even if things had gone well the whole time, which mm -hmm. it didn't, yeah. that would have just ended things on a bad note and that would have eliminated the opportunity to get referrals right there. Like every transaction right. is an opportunity to get referrals. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay. So, but we also haven't talked about this. We are coming at this from our Louisiana, sometimes <laughs> weird laws, and we call it a closing. I read that it can be cl called closing of escrow. Some people call it completion. Some people call it settlement. So in different markets, it's called different things. Oh. I always like when I see on TV, especially I think in California, they're like, we're in escrow. Like, like, that's we're not, pending. No, that's <laughs> not something we say here. We're not in escrow. But I did want to mention one of my pet peeves. Okay. <laughs> when people say they sold their house. 
Oh. But they just got it like, under contract. Yes. Like your 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 offer's been accepted and they're like, the house sold. Yeah. And they put it all over social media. My house sold. I'm like, until you go to that closing <laughs> and everyone signs and you hand keys to each other, that house is not sold. I mean, someone could die. Yeah. A lot can happen. So, I mean, like that actually Jobs has happened. Jobs are lost. Inspections. Appraisals. Yeah, right. You bought a car. A loan no longer approved. Wow. I, I mean, like you cannot say you sold your house, but I think it's like an honest, the consumer doesn't know the difference. They don't. But I'm always nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, do not go post on social media that you sold your house because then what are we going to do if it goes back on the market? Right. That's confusing. Just kidding. Just <laughs> kidding. Also, you are selling a house. A house is for sale. And then I, you'll see some posts where they use the terminology sale wrong. What? I've never heard of this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'll go find one for you later. But either way, peeps. What did you say? No, the word sale and sell, using them interchangeably. Oh, like my house is for sale? Like I am sailing a house. <laughs> well, I'm, no, you're selling a house. This is the English major coming out in you <laughs> it about is. this. Like it bothers me. But sold is really about you got to cl- go to closing. Yeah. Okay. okay. I have a note in here about why it's important to choose your title company. Okay. And I think that the consumer either. You want to try and choose it either way. Yes. As the buyer or the seller. I love it. How do you handle that? agent. Okay. I have become more listing heavy every year in the business. Mm -hmm. So less buyers, more listings. Right. It just is the natural progression of how things work. Typically. Yeah. And I'm at the mercy. Right. Of the lender. Yeah. Who I didn't get to pick. Yeah. The title company. And yeah, the other agent. Yeah. Some are good. Some are bad. Agree. So if I can't control who the lender is. Right. And I can't control who the <laughs> other agent is. Right. In every single counter offer that I have as a listing agent, I put closing to take place at ABC. Right. Example. Whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Whatever title. Whatever title. Because I need to have some skin in the game. Right. So you can find out what's really going on. So if the lender goes MIA and the agent isn't giving me updates, maybe the lender receiving a call from an attorney asking for an update. Right. Will work. And I need to know that I have an attorney in my, in my, what do you call corner? it? In, my, in your in corner? My corner. In your corner. I need an attorney in my corner that if things go radio silence, they are also yeah. calling for updates. And I doing think that's good. Things. But that's really like as a listing agent, that's really yeah. the only piece you can control. So you only do that though if you're writing a counter. If you're accepting an offer as written, do you go to the length of... I just of- can't think of the last time I accepted, but the I way. guess if that was the only thing... Yeah. It depends on who the other agent is and who the lender is. If okay. I haven't heard of either, we might counter. Just that. Just that. I think that's fair. Or have the discussion. Like, I may ask the agent, hey, yeah. do you mind if we close here? Um, you know, so. Yeah. I, it's just the only thing I can do that gives me some control over the transaction. I like that. It makes sense, too. Yeah. You need somebody who's going to help you out. We have put a lot of work and effort into making this course, and we are just really excited to release it to you because it's all the information you will need. It should make your business streamline so well, Yes, and it's all editable, so you can make each template sound like it was written 
by you yes. for your clients. Yes. You can add your logo to yep. it, branding, brand it to yourself, and it's just gonna be life changing. Yeah, we're gonna answer your logistical questions on how to store a template, how to use the template, what on earth do you need a template for, how do you come up with the ones that maybe you need for your market that we didn't do, and it'll just really, it will change the efficiency and the consistency of your business. Yes, it's gonna save you so much time. So much time. And now they are officially finished. Done. And you can go purchase you can go them. Get them. Where do they go get them? Oh, they're gonna just have to go to hustlehumblypodcast.com. Perfect. You'll see where to get it there. And if you don't, I guess let us know. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I like it. Awesome. I'm so excited. I'm very excited. This has been a long time coming. Yes, and we had a lot of fun editing and making sure the templates had everything they needed and tried to think of everything you need to cover your bases. Perfect. I hope you enjoy them. I'm going to enjoy them. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye. Well, the hardest part of being listing heavy is when deals fall through or when things go south you and just you don't have know. to make those phone calls I to know. your sellers. And I have been through too many poor lenders that, and poor agents, poor buyer's agents that they don't do a good job and we don't, that the pre-approval letter actually meant nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the buyer's agent has right. another job and dropped the ball and <sighs> I have to make the yeah. devastating phone call. So at least I need someone yeah. to, to help me monitor it so I don't feel so alone representing the seller. Yeah. Not that the I title company, good. the title company does not represent buyer or seller. They don't represent anybody. They're yeah, just there they to represent do, the bank. Yes. They're just there to do the closing. Yeah. But it's nice having someone you can call and say, have you received the documents that well, you Well, they're need? trying to get to the same goal you are, which is close the sale. Right. They got to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to talk about when you do close. Like, when do you close? If you're writing an offer, what is like a standard, you would say 30 days, right? I try to do 30 days. Yeah. Okay. If it's a different type of loan, is there any time when you or some situation you might do more? So before I ever even write an offer, I email the lender asking for estimated closing costs at total monthly note at that price Mm -hmm. and what I should put if 30 days is okay for closing. Majority like of that. the time, they they send me all that information at once. So when I write the offer, I know how much to ask for in closing yeah. costs, what the closing date should be. Okay. What about a cash buyer? Do you do it shorter? Yes. I try to do 12 days. Yeah. So like a title company and a closing can be handled in that amount of time. Yeah. I think one I think. time they told me they need like four, four to five days. Yeah. Business days. That's not bad. Okay. That's good to know. The other thing I wanted to mention is... Um, when I started selling real estate, TRID and the laws with the three-day closing disclosure didn't exist. Same. So, great. That, I guess it's national. I think, yeah, it's a, national, it's a federal law. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how it's imposed in other places, but you could get to the day of closing and then all of a sudden they would be like, oh, no, not going to close. Before TRID, there are... Too many times where at the closing table, we were sitting there for hours waiting on lender docs or final. Yeah. It was crazy to now, think we operated that I know. way. We fussed when it started, I think, because change is hard. And three day, a three day wait period, right. that's going to make closings take longer. But no, it just makes you meet your deadline. Well, right. And if I know three days in advance, there's a problem. Guess what? Maybe I didn't move to the, you know, somewhere else or right. pack up the truck and wait, think I'm closing the next day. Oh, I've had clients before who had to 
leave all their stuff in the truck and go stay in a hotel over the week. Or like, what are they going to do? Pay for storage. It's just crazy. I love Trid. I love it too. I it think it's great. It has made things go smoother for everybody. I agree. It's just getting it done. So you can't procrastinate. Yeah, and so, lenders have so to get it done. So if you're new in real estate, a few years ago, there was no three-day waiting period. You could just clear to close. How fast can you get to the like title company? Day. You yeah, could go that day. that day. And now the federal law requires you to have a 72-hour waiting period. After your buyer signs After that. After your buyer has reviewed the closing disclosure, yep. you have to wait three days. And it has been amazing. It's great. They do count Saturday as a business day. Oh, good. So I didn't know that. Yeah. And some lenders, I've seen lenders who had a handy little chart that would say, if you got your closing disclosure, your CD on X day, then you can close on this day. So okay. if you've got it on Tuesday, you can close on Friday or whatever it is. Uh, but it is so nice. That is nice. It's very helpful. Okay. Well, so that's a change that's happened in the closings. What What else do you think and see as the future of a closing? Well, just yesterday at ours, the majority of the documents had already been signed electronically because that's right. allowed. Well, so what was cracking me up though, it was like the first, one of the first times the lender had used that system. So my buyers were telling me, Oh, well, I mean, this can't be that much, right? We signed all that stuff online. And I am thinking in my head, well, you signed like your closing disclosure, but that's not everything. I'm like, girl, you better get your pen ready. you got to sign a whole bunch oh of my stuff. Gosh. And she was like, oh my gosh, really? Okay. Well, when we sit down and the lender was there, the lender showed up after the title attorney had started. So he was going through all these printed documents that had their East signed signature on it and making them sign their names next to it. He didn't realize no, that he didn't realize. it counted? Yeah, well, because it was a new thing. So the <laughs> so the lender, when she showed up, she's like, well, wait a minute, you don't need to do all that. And so then he stopped. But oh. it, was, it was cracking me up because they had signed 66 pages <gasps> online, like that morning or the day before. Oh, my God. So they had just done it. This is why it's important for I the lender to be there. Yeah, I think they had done it that morning. But wow. the point is, closing is going to shrink in time. And then somewhere down the road, it will sh- go away completely yeah, and you'll you e-sign, even, you yes, know? Everything. How crazy is I know. That? Isn't that strange? I've they asked, say you, um, the transition may be that you still have to video, like conference call. Okay, like a Skype. Or something, yeah. yeah. But... That's it's, still... I wonder how long until it's all electronic and there is no closing. I know. It's very interesting. Very. I would miss the closing a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like I, you said, you're so, building that relationship. So when I realized how much I was not enjoying the closing table, which is horrible to say. I don't know why I'm this way. I think it's that <laughs> I think it's that I found I didn't like just sitting there. You want to be doing something e- more efficient. So I started doing things at the closing table. Okay, what are you, Okay, I might have an opinion on this. What type of things are you doing? Um, I put them in my uh, database. Okay, but you're like using your phone kind of on the DL. Yeah, while they're signing, I'm making sure I have the legal address that's on the closing papers in my database. And I might even say, pull out my phone and say, okay, I need to add y'all to my database. Mm. So they know I'm not like playing on Instagram while you're, I'm, 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 I'm doing, doing work things, related yeah. to you. Um, and then That's I just smart. Yes. And then I update, I have a, a list of all my pendings. Okay. I delete it. Okay. And I move it over to close. Love it. And is that um, in Trello that you're doing that? Yes. Love it. So I do that. I move it okay. out to close. And then, um, okay. I don't do this, but somebody told me that they did this and okay. I thought it would be a good idea. Um, but anyways, at the closing table, they bring an envelope with a stamp. And they, at the closing table, address it to their client. 
and they make a copy of the closing disclosure and they mail all the documents January 5th and say, oh, you yeah. may need this for your taxes. Right. Well, right. So if you do it at every closing, yeah. it doesn't take, you don't, there is no like you're not building overhaul. You're not building up a big task. Okay. You're going to laugh at this. What? At every closing. Cause I, okay. So last year I realized, so 90 closings, my goal is to drink one bottle of water at every single closing. Oh, it's a health goal. It's a health goal. <laughs> Connected to, I love that. Yeah, because then think about it. If you have 30 closings a year, you drink 30 bottles of water that you wouldn't have otherwise. Right. <laughs> I mean, I always do drink the water. I do too. That is amazing. Isn't okay, that funny? health and business. <laughs> I know. I love just, it. I just needed to make better use of my time. Like if I'm trapped here for an hour, I'm going to drink a bottle of water. I'm going to drink a bottle of water. Update my I'm database. Update my database. Check a few things off the list for this transaction. That's great. Yeah. I try to, you know. Okay. I typically bring a client survey with me that I let them fill in like they're, you know, how do you want to be contacted, birthdays or stuff that maybe I don't know yet. Sometimes I find I already have most of it, mm -hmm. so I don't really need a lot. But I also have at the bottom, if they want to write their testimonial, then they can put it on the back and then I type it up for them and send it in an email later so that they can post it on Zillow or realtor.com or Facebook or whatever. Wow. I also have that digital, like in an email template where after closing, I send it to them and say, well, if they didn't write the testimonial on I the like paper. I feel awkward if they didn't write anything on the paper when I was like, hey, here, if they here's the Look, no one has ever come to closing with me real mad. No, but I just mean that like... If they're like distracted and doing stuff and they yeah. write most of it, I'm like, hey, I can also email you for that testimonial. And they'll be like, okay, great. That would work. I mean, oh, it's okay. not like weird. I'm like, right now, you yes. must do this. But Some lenders have that in their package. I, I know. It's, so weird. it's a little awkward. I agree. Okay. What do you as an agent bring to closing? The deposit check. And? My phone. And? That's it? Yeah. You bring a gift. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. <laughs> I, um, yes. Okay. A gift. I bring the survey sometimes. A termite certificate. If my it's been emailed. See, but I just started getting them an email. If I've gotten one where it was like at the but even inspection, if it wasn't emailed, you have to scan it to the lender so they have I it. I guess. Okay. Well, I used to bring it. Yeah. Sure. Sometimes I still bring it. Deposit check's important. Um, what is the buyer bringing with them? ID, updated form of ID. Mm-hmm. I remind them to do that. Their cashier's check made out to the title company. Okay. That's it. That's it, right? It's pretty easy. Yeah. I've had to remind them about the ID because I have had someone show up with an expired license oh and we kind of had to like, please help us. Oh, no. And like the title company was kind of like, ooh, I don't, you know, you got to have a, a current ID. Right. We can't just let anybody buy a house. We made it through. Uh, the seller. What's the seller bringing? Keys. Keys. Garage door openers. Uh-huh. Storage shed keys. Oh, yeah. All the keys. Mailbox keys. Yeah, all the keys. Oh, like um, pass cards to like a gate yes. or the, you know, facility. HOA contact information. Yeah. Um, alarm code. Like if you've got a, a, a burglar alarm, you got to know what the number is. Yeah. Yeah. Keys, garage door openers. I laugh when I get a purchase agreement where the agent writes in garage openers. I've been so much. I think it's because they've been burned before. Yep. And they'll put in two because I think also two. this will happen. The seller will show up with one and be like, I don't know where the other one is. We programmed the other car. Right. We never used it. You can it. program your own car. But, but oh, here are things that have to stay in the house that have had sellers had to go get. Like the the gas key for the fireplace. Oh my gosh, someone took that. I guess. Not I think sometimes it just happens on accident, you know? Yeah. Uh, it well, you gotta leave that behind. Mm -hmm. And your garage openers. Okay. 
you know, in our templates, we have a template for preparing for closing yes. that goes to seller and uh -huh. buyer. But I like that one because it's just all the things that you have to do and think about leading up to closing. Yeah. Transferring utilities, right. changing your mailbox. Yeah. And I ask my sellers, please write a note to the new buyers. If you know your neighbors, share the names oh, of that's who the great. neighbors are with yeah. them. Um and also, like, who does your yard? Maybe they need a recommendation. Who does... Do you have a housekeeper? Anything I love that. that pertains to the house that might be helpful. Yeah. I just ask them to write it all down. I've had sellers who had to give pool school. Oh, yeah. Said, when the buyers never had a pool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, here, is, let me show let you. Let me do pool school. That's awesome. So sometimes you got to do that during the final walkthrough because you really need to see that in person. Yeah. <laughs> you can't... Okay, that brings up final walkthroughs. Okay. I think this is kind of hand-in-hand -hand with your closing. When do you do your final walkthrough? I try to do it within 24 hours. Agree. I want to make sure they've moved out mm -hmm. because it's very difficult to do it well with stuff it still there. It probably should be better to do it 48 hours because if, if you go right before closing and they're not moved out, what are you going to do? This is the problem. This is where we have problems. Yeah. And I've I've also had some issues where if there's a long list of repairs or something that if I haven't received all the receipts, you know, a good five days before closing, I might have to do a double walk. Like, I got to yeah. go, make sure these repairs are done, and then we're going to come back when you're moved out and just make sure everything's kosher. Yes. What do you check for on a walkthrough? Um, I check repairs. Yep. Make sure utilities are on, water, mm -hmm. Yep. Um, electricity, yep. gas. Right. If it's not on, you just kind of have to figure out what you want to do with that. Yeah. Um, I just walk through, make sure nothing was damaged in the move out. Yeah. I usually still flush a toilet and run some sinks and just check underneath, make sure nothing's leaking, especially mm -hmm. if the seller's been out for a few days. Something mm -hmm. could have happened while they weren't there. Yeah. Um, what else do you check? But that's why I like to negotiate things with money. I know. Because they could show up and be like, well, we don't like how they fix this. That's exactly what I'm saying. I don't like it at a all. A repair allowance is far superior than the seller actually doing repairs yes. on both sides. Yes. Then they can control the buyer. The new owner can control how Pick they want how the work done it. on their house. Yes, for sure. I think that's true. So you definitely, when you walk through, want to check things. I have a walkthrough story. Okay. It, 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 it lands about yesterday? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> But do you want me to tell a story about yesterday? No, I don't matter. Okay, it's I fine. mean, you can. I don't care. I don't. This is not what I'm telling about. Okay, so yesterday was fine for the record, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, we had a, I had a buyer. Okay. With a particularly difficult seller. Just hadn't been very nice during the transaction. I mean, to the point of, was like present during the inspection and almost what? wouldn't let us come inside. Oh my god! It was just really weird. And I don't know why they were moving and I didn't know a lot about them, but they were just not happy. Okay. Well, on the day of closing, we are going for the final walkthrough because they did not get out any time before that. So we were pretty much forced to do it then. Well, when we showed up, the pool was green. Oh, no. It was green. It stopped maintaining And it? the agent was present at the walkthrough. I don't know if he was just coming in his lockbox or if he just knew there was going to be trouble, but he was there. And he didn't stop maintaining it. The pool pump had broken and he had to order a part and the part didn't come in until the day or a couple mm. of the day or a couple of days before. Tricky. And he repaired it. However, it hadn't been repaired long enough and, you know, like chemicals and whatever they needed to do to get the pool back to blue and clean. Right. Well, 
First of all, we were never told that the pool pump broke. So we probably we probably could have avoided some of this if three days prior or a week or whenever it stopped, hey, listen, the pool pump has broken. We had to order a part. It's going to come in. Just wanted to keep you, you know, aware of the situation. Well, we're surprised by yeah. this green pool. And I'm like, and the buyer's like, I'm not buying this house with the broken pool. And I'm like, and the of course the agents there say, no worries, no worries, man. It's clean, it's it's gonna be fine. It's it's fixed now. Okay, we got the part, oh, the pool's yeah. fixed. And like, but we don't know that it's fixed because we can't see that it's working properly because the pool is green. The pool is green. <sighs> and the agent got kind of feisty with us and was like, Well, you're not buying pool water. You're buying this house. And I'm like, in this pool, like, I'm like, you're not buying pool water. It doesn't matter what color the water is. And I said, I'm sorry. I am most certainly buying pool water in the appropriate condition. Just like if I showed up here and the grass was a foot tall, I would say, cut the grass. You got to cut this grass. It's considered keeping your house maintained because in our contract in Louisiana, it says that the seller has to keep the house in the same condition as when you wrote the offer. Mm-hmm. Well, when I wrote the offer, the pool was blue. <laughs> Right. So we basically, him and Han fuss, and we find a the pool inspector who had come, say he would come and clean it and make sure to shock it and get it right. And he felt confident it would be okay for 250 okay. bucks. Great. So basically, we're like, the seller needs to pay the $250 for us to get the pool clean, or, we'll, or else we'll just wait and close once it turns blue. Sure. Well, the seller couldn't wait. Because they were buying another house that oh day. My gosh. So we had all the leverage. And I'm like, hey, we don't mind waiting. Yeah, we'll wait until Monday when the pool is clean. You need you need the word of the professional, not the seller, not yeah. the listing agent. If it's a pool issue, you need the pool guy to yeah. tell you the pool is fine. Right. So I'm like, look, here's good news. We'll, we'll close today, but we want the $250 to have the pool guy come back and take a look at it. And we want to write an addendum that says if something is found wrong with the pool, the seller is going to remedy it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So begrudgingly they agree but the seller was only ele- willing to pay 200 of the 250 and i looked at oh the oh my eight- god i'm not kidding you should have just told him it was 300 bucks my buyer walks away is on the phone with his wife he's <sighs> like so upset i looked at that agent and i said you will pay the 50 dollars or we're going to figure out. He's like, well, I don't know. I'm like, fine, I will split but see my buyer did not want me to pay a penny towards right, it. Right. And i said, look, Fine, I'll split the $50 with you, but we're not going to tell the buyer that I'm paying this 25 bucks. Well, this is the craziest closing I ever, one of the craziest ones I ever had. So, okay, we've got the 250 The buyer's feeling fine about it. I'm like, bring cash to closing for this money for the pool. They show up. We do our part first because it's buyer, I'm the buyer. And the title attorney who I had a relationship with, which I'm so happy, knew the story, knew what was going on and that there was some animosity happening here and that we had this crazy pool story. So when the, um, I said he's supposed to be giving us $250 and the title attorney said, don't worry, I got this. So he goes out, he goes to get the money, he brings it in, he brings the seller in, and the seller refuses to shake my buyer's hand. Oh my god! It was get so over it. bizarre. That's so silly. Over the pool was green. Like it wasn't even like we said. Oh, you know something nitpicky like. Yeah. Me and this, there's touch-up paint that needs... It was like no. the pool was green. Yeah, like how do we know if it's okay? That's a big expense. That was a crazy closing. Before he brought in the seller, the attorney, though, did put my buyer's mind at ease a little, and I was cracking up. He was telling a story of a fist fight that had broken out during a closing. Oh, my... For real? Yeah. Wow. So I guess it can get kind of tense. Yeah, it certainly <laughs> can. I've seven, I've certainly had, you know, closings where we did not see each other at all. No, I've been in separate rooms. 
hey, that's a good tip, guys. If you have a really bad situation, just do it in separate rooms. Yeah, it's not a big deal. And I think in some states, they always do it in separate rooms. Mm -hmm. It's not an option to sit together. Now, I... I think we both agree we like the sitting together so yeah. that you can ask the seller some questions. You can, you know, get the keys and kind of, it's nice for everyone to have like a clean break and be like, I'm leaving. And, you know, it's emotional. Yeah. So I think that's good. So closing is over. Okay. Now what? Well, before you go, I want you to tell everyone what you give as a closing gift because agents love to get ideas on this. Um if it's the seller uh-huh. and it's a happy closing, they loved the house and yeah. they're not, I hate the house, get rid of it. Right. <laughs> I get the professional pictures in a book. I love this. I get it done at Walgreens. Oh, yeah. Okay. It costs about $15 oh, and it looks really nice. It looks really, you brought one yesterday. Yeah. And it has all of their, perfect because the house looks the best on picture day. No doubt. And they, it's, why not do something with these pictures mm-hmm. you paid for? So I have another, so I have a listing right that. now where it's a succession and this was her mom's house. Yeah. I'm doing it for her oh, so she she's can remember love mom's that. house, you know? I think that's a great gift for a seller. And it's I'm easy. always confused on a seller, especially when they're not necessarily happy. Yeah. You're not going to bring champagne. N- yeah. No, I just feel like this is something they can keep. It's a I love good it. investment. Yep. They'll remember it. They'll say my realtor gave it to me. It sits on the coffee table or on a bookshelf. Like That's cute. Yeah. And then it's just fun to give. And then if they are a buyer, they get a like painted or drawn picture of the house. Of the new house. You can house. find anyone on Etsy or something that will yeah. do that. My favorite buyer gift is the return address stamp. I love that. You you so you it's when it's when you give it to them, it's the whole stamp and it stamps the words thank you. And there's a code inside of it. And then they get on the website and they pick whatever they want their return address to say, whatever font, whatever they want their initial, their whole paid name. Or they just enter yeah, the it's code. Already, and then they the, in the mail it's gonna come and they just switch out the the part of the stamp and then there they go. That's cool. Stamp it up. Yeah. I love that's a good one. It usually is well received. I just don't want to try to think and be creative and every time it's hard. No, I just need a go-to. Yeah. I agree. Because I keep them like in my house. Well, now yours you're gonna have to do per well, like, if transaction. It's a, if it's a landlord selling one of his fifty rental properties, not, I don't do anything. I don't I just say look, thank I don't you. either for all sellers. I write them a thank you note. Always. Yeah. Everyone gets a Everybody thank you. Everybody gets a thank you. Well, note. that's a great segue. What do you do after closing? They get a after closing email. Okay. Reminding them of all the things they were told at closing. <laughs> right. Homestead exemption. Yeah. Change your because this will probably be the third time I've told them these things. Yeah. I told them leading up. Right. We discussed it at the closing table, and here's just your reminder to transfer yeah. that termite certificate into yeah. your name. Um, I ask them, I say, you know, I hope that you had a good, great experience. I loved working with you. If you have any friends or family, I promise to, you know, treat them like family and do a great job for them. Love I it. would appreciate your referrals. And then please leave a review on this website. I like it. And I then they get too. A, they also get a thank you note in the mail. Yes, everyone gets a note. And then they're added to my database. Yes. And I from request them on social media. Okay, but you don't do that prior to closing. No, I wait until we're done closing. Okay. And then um Unless I we did not mesh well, and I don't want to put them in my database. Then and you I don't. don't. Then I don't. That's and okay. I, I just let it go. And we've said that before. Yeah, not every person. You still send the thank you note. Yes. Yeah. Oh, another thing I do is if, say, their aunt or their mom or their dad or their friend came, mm-hmm. I ask them for, hey, can you send me your mom's address? I wanted to send her a thank you note. Yeah. 
They send it to me. I like that. I add mom to database. Mm-hmm. Mom gets a note saying, you must be so proud of Sarah for mm-hmm. buying her first home. Yep. Um, thank you so much for coming to the house and seeing it before closing. I know your opinion meant so much to her. I love that. Lots of praise. Love it. And it has a business. If there's anything I can do for you, please let me know. Yeah. Business card. Love it. That's so And now great. that mom is in my database yeah. and gets Christmas cards and mail So out. you just have her address. Do you need an email in your database or that's not important? I yeah, I don't. You just want the street address. Yeah. Love like, it. Yeah. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. That's a good tip. Anybody that Anyone came. Anyone that came. Anybody that came. Love I it. Gets the boss. I've had bosses come. Yeah. The there house. is a post-closing practice that I like that I wish I implemented more. Sometimes I'll get a thank you note from the co-oping realtor. Oh, I do that. Did you get mine? I like that. Oh, it's too late. Never mind. We just closed yesterday. You're going to get one. <laughs> I haven't received it yet, okay. Alyssa. I forgot we closed yesterday. I am anxiously awaiting my thank you note. You'll have to tell me what you think of my stationery. I can't wait to see it. Um, yeah, so I like that. Practice is good. Post-closing. Okay. Yeah. If it's my listing, sometimes in my postcard series, I'm sending a postcard to the neighborhood. It just kind of depends on if I'm doing that. I used to do that, and I think I just... I haven't done it in a while. I know. Well, we used to have it automatic. Oh, yeah. And now it's not, and I just right. haven't. Right, so you don't. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you if I'm, like, trying to... If I sold a couple in that neighborhood, maybe. Yeah. But... Okay, great. So... We didn't really talk about yet the fact that things have gone electronically in like the mortgage side too. Okay, so yes. there's two two things to this. Okay. One is that back then like your mortgage was like in a vault at the bank. Oh. So that is what determined what you owed. Okay. And there was a bank robber in the 1930s. What? His name was Charles Arthur Floyd, also known as Pretty Boy. <laughs> and he... Robbed the bank. Okay. And burned the vault that had the mortgages. <gasps> and everyone owned their house? Everybody owned their house. And he was celebrated as like the Robin Hood. What? Wait, was that his plan? I don't know. He was know. just trying to burn up evidence, maybe? I don't know. Holy smokes. That's amazing. Yeah, but it kind of made me think of wire fraud. And I know we've oh, heard enough yes. about this in our industry. But they were saying, okay, if you had to guess, how much do you think a bank robber makes on average, when they go in and try to rob a bank, you would think it would be like a ton, ton, ton. Because, but really, how like much can you get? Two hundred thousand dollars. Seven. Seven thousand. The average bank robber makes, makes off with seven, seven grand? thousand dollars. You can't even hardly get out of the country. I know. How much do you think they make on wire fraud? Oh God, millions. Average. Okay, on one. $200,000. Okay. So how much more lucrative is it to, to do, do wire, wire fraud, fraud and sit at home on your pajamas and steal money from people on the internet? <laughs> well, you know, I like to work in my pajamas. <laughs> yeah. So wire fraud is like the new version of bank robbing. Oh my gosh. It is really nerve wracking. If you're a consumer and listening to this, be sure that you talk to your title company, maybe in person, I think is best. If you have to do a wire at transfer, first, yeah. it's fine. Just go in and fill out all your info. Look, because you honestly don't have to give them your wire instructions until the closing table. Right. So there's no reason why you need to be emailing that. Just whatever you do, never even say the word wire in an email. <laughs> Just don't do it. And that is our PSA. Okay. <laughs> that is really interesting. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know what I think we should do for a toast today? What? I want to toast. Do you want to toast a title attorney? <gasps> Can we do that? Why not? Okay. I mean, do you want to not say a name? You want well, to toast we'll say a- name and we'll just leave companies out. 
I think that's fine. She'll be a great person. Well, I agree. I think we're thinking of the same person. We have to be. <laughs> and and we know that that maybe she's a good um, supporter of the podcast. She's a fan. She's a fan. Yay. Okay, let's do it. Okay. Say it. Nikki Beeson. Yay, Nikki. <laughs> we love you. You take good care of us. She's so smart. She always answers my questions. She's super smart. She's great with clients. And um, she does an awesome job as a title attorney. She does. So if you need to learn about how to be a good title attorney, go to one of her closings. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay. Cheers to Nikki. Cheers to Nikki. Yay. All right. Bye, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.